but it really is worth having somebody do up to 11 or 12 follow-ups by hand, whether that's phone calls, text messages, emails, LinkedIn messages, uh, Facebook messages. Uh, and don't be afraid to use all of the above. Find out where they're where they hang out and message them that way. Welcome to Pipelineology, the business-to-business podcast for agencies, consultants, coaches, and businesses looking to build a pipeline of hot prospects ready to buy their products and services. Never wonder where your next client is coming from. To learn more about our strategies, services, and for resources on building your sales pipeline, visit Pipelineology.com. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. It is Gary Ruplinger, host of Pipelineology, and today my guest is me. Uh, I'm going to be doing a solo episode today, and I'm going to be talking about following up. And this is a critically important part of the sales process and one that is really easy to not have a good system in place to let essentially things fall through the cracks and ultimately you lose deals and you're not closing as much business as you could be if you just had a system in place. Now, I know sales processes can vary in length anywhere from, you know, the hours to weeks to months to I've seen I've seen years. So the more complex the offering, the larger the companies you're targeting, obviously that can play a lot a large part in how long that sales process is, right? If you're selling airplanes, your sales process is much much longer than say if you're selling automobiles. And the other thing is that not everybody is ready to buy today. They might be interested. And I know there's an old study out there that says, I think it's a little over 50% of all leads that do come in across all uh, all different verticals, 50% of them ultimately end up buying and becoming a customer. They just might not become your customer, but if you had followed up, you, they might have. So in the B2B space, especially follow-up is, is absolutely critical right? Everything's kind of based on relationships and it's it's not so much just a transactional uh, type of one-time purchase in most cases. It's usually we're, we're putting a system in place, we're deploying a, a mainframe and it's got a service agreement on it, you know, we're running ads for you and that's monthly, um, you know, even you know, joining a mastermind or, or type of pro- or coaching program where it's, you know, many, it's, it's a, a more intimate type of transaction than a lot of consumer space things. So I, I know that uh, I probably, I've now I told some of my stories earlier on about kind of the automotive business, but I just wanted to share this story of a direct mail vendor that called on me regularly. This was when I was a marketing director. Um, for, for an auto group. And every month, I think it was usually the third or fourth of the month, he'd pick up the phone and he'd call me and, you know, he'd shoot the breeze for a minute or two. He was actually very personal and very polite. And what he would ask, hey, do you, do you have some room this month? You want to do, do one of our campaigns? And my answer was pretty much always, nope, not interested. Not this month. I don't have any space. My budget's already allocated and but like clockwork the very next month he'd call back again and same same question and for a while I, I tried to dodge his calls but he was persistent and called anyway and 
you know, again, it was one of these people who was was polite about everything and, and personal. So I didn't just say, hey, we're never interested. Never call me again. Uh, just because I was actually interested in this product. I just never had a place for it. Until finally, one month I did, I got approval from one of the GMs to put a, put a campaign in place. And uh, we had a big direct mail component to it. And when he called up, I said, yeah, what, what do you got this month? What's working? And he sent me his, you know, his recommended pieces. And I said, okay, let's, uh, let's do it. And, you know, that all of a sudden, what, what he spent months and months and months, like I said, 18 months of follow-up, getting nowhere. Finally, one day, the timing just happened to be right. And boom, he got the, he got the sale and we did business together many times after that. But to kind of get established and get his foot in the door and finally get that first transaction from us took a long time. Now, that's obviously an extreme example, but um, again, it does kind of show what you can accomplish just by having a persistent system in place. So I'm going to kind of break down follow-up today into three separate parts. One is going to be kind of what I call before the lead. So this could still really be more of an ad, ad strategy, more advertising-based, uh, prospecting-based, but um, I think it's kind of important to talk about. Uh, and then we're going to talk about probably the one where most people think about it is after a lead comes into your system, somebody raises their hand and says, hey, I'm interested, that type of follow-up. We're going to take a close look at that. And then finally, we're going to talk about what do you do after you've met with them, but they aren't ready to buy yet. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about some strategies there in terms of following up. So let's jump in right away here with follow-up. When what I like to call the outreach follow-up, essentially, if you're still doing advertising, uh, somebody's on your website, you're still retargeting them, display ads. What does that look like? So I want to share just a little story here since I'm in the process of still uh, getting my, my uh, podcast, this podcast, up and running. This will be one of the uh, first 10 episodes that we release. And these past few weeks, getting this all going, I've been extremely busy. So I have not had any time personally to spend prospecting between working with clients, launching new campaigns for new clients coming on, and launching the podcast. I, I really haven't had time to sit and do any personal prospecting. However, I have a system in place that does it for me. Um, and that's probably the most critical thing is that having something that's going to work for you, whether you're doing it or not, makes such a huge difference. Uh, we still have leads coming in. We still have sales calls going on because there's a system in place. And even though I don't have time to do it myself, it's still going on in the background and I only need to get involved now when it's necessary for someone to talk to me. Otherwise, everything else is, is going on. So when it comes to prospecting, the follow-up is one of the, the things I think a lot of people don't necessarily embrace, especially early on. Um, for example, we've, we've done interviews now on, on cold email and cold calling, uh, LinkedIn outreach, uh, combinations thereof. If you remember Matt Fabrico's interview, he mentioned needing, you know, just on the email side of it, you know, they, they would send out eight, eight messages. Um, plus, they've got cold calls going out. Essentially, they're doing tons and tons of different touch points as they're doing this. And when it comes to doing outreach, that's probably, you know, the, 
big cornerstone of the whole system is that people are busy. If they don't respond to your message right away, even though they might have been interested, they were thought, oh, yeah, this is cool. I'll do it later. N nobody thinks about it again. They forget about it. And they, don't, they don't come back to it. Every once in a while, you'll see an exception to that. But for the most part, if somebody doesn't respond right away, they're not going to. But if you follow up again, you'll say somebody, you'll get responses back that say, hey, thanks so much for following up. I appreciate you staying on top of this. And as, as long as, you know, your message was, was relevant to them, it's not uncommon for someone to thank you for being persistent and saying, yeah, let's talk. And even if they're not interested, you're, you'll find that a lot of people will actually still thank you for being persistent. They say, hey, it's not a good opportunity, not a good fit right now, but yeah, appreciate you reaching out. And that's cool too. And you just move on. And kind of the same type of thing works in the advertising side. Uh, that's kind of wanted to, why I kind of wanted to roll this in here a little bit. Is that uh, let's say on the display ads, banner ads, that type of thing through, uh, you know, double click and all kinds of other providers. That you may need to get your impressions in front of somebody seventy times. Uh, I talked to an agency recently, and they said that's that's kind of the number they're seeing. Is it takes some seventy times now of getting that message in front of somebody before they're actually seeing people respond and convert and become leads. So um, I know, I know for me as, you know, kind of an old school Google AdWords person who I think I opened my account back in 2001, where your, your process was literally, you'd buy clicks, uh, put them, send them to a, a landing page and they, they either converted or they didn't. And, and that was that was the end of it. You assumed that, you know, one click was was all it was going to take. And these these days, you know, sales processes are, are vastly more complex, and and the things you're doing just take a lot more time. So, from an outreach perspective, you may take it may it's probably going to take multiple touch points across different types of media, whether that's you know strictly outreach or whether that's a combination of outreach and ads. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. You just may need to make sure you do an app. All right. So number two, here's the one that I think when people people think about follow-up, this is the part they really have in mind. And that is a lead comes into your system. Maybe uh, somebody sends a message to you from your website. They fill out a lead form online. They uh, respond to a message you sent them on LinkedIn. They raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in talking when... What's a good time? This is, is probably one of the most critical uh, times when follow-up is, is of the absolute most importance. First of all, you'd be surprised how many, how many businesses don't even respond to those messages. I, I think I've seen that um, 25 to 30 percent, they just, they just don't even respond to, to leads that come in from a website. And it's crazy to me to think that that is the case, but I, I've seen examples where I've sent inquiries in or somebody's, you know, asking about our services and we do a little bit of mystery shopping to to find out what their, their process is like so we can better present our our pitch to them and find out they, they don't even bother to respond. And, you know, for those types of cases, since we do outreach for them, if they're not responding to the leads, we know they're not going to get good results. So we'll politely decline because 
Well, if they're not getting good results, they're going to be unhappy. They're going to say, hey, something's wrong with your prospecting. Um, and rather than playing the blame game with them, we just pass on those. So let's talk about following up with a prospect when it comes in. So what first thing you want to do is you want to get back to that person quickly with, uh, with an intelligent response. Um, I mean, there's old studies out there now from, I think, 2008 or so saying, maybe it's 2010, something like that, that says you want to get back, you have the best chance of getting somebody on the phone if you get back to them within five minutes. And we've tested things like that out over hundreds of thousands of leads and have found that, by and large, that holds true. The big one caveat I'll give you is make sure that when you're following up, you've taken the time to read what their request is so that you can speak intelligently about it. Um, I've seen some cool technology tricks that will say as soon as somebody submits a lead, it initiates a call right back to them immediately and then connects you know, one of your, uh, your business development representatives to them. And we actually found that while that was extremely fast and the connection rate was high, that it didn't necessarily result in a lot in more appointments or sales that actually reduced them because the person on our side wasn't, wasn't prepared to take that call and speak intelligently about what they had inquired about. So if it takes you 10 minutes, it's okay if that's what it's going to take to get back to them with a, uh, an actual response to what they asked about. And if the, the question is, you know, it's going to take me, you know, a couple hours to figure that out, shoot, just shoot them a quick message, say, hey, I got your message. Um, I need to look, you know, and check on the status of something, whatever that may be, but we'll get back to you within two hours. So how often do you follow up? Again, this kind of depends. If somebody's raised their hand and said they're interested, that might be every day. Um, that might be every other day. That might mean that the first week you follow up three times the first week uh, and then once a week thereafter. There's lots of ways to do this. But when somebody's brand new, you want to get back to them as fast as possible. And it's okay even if you follow up with them twice that first day just to get that message going and start coordinating schedules and figure out when they want to come in, when they want to get a meeting, when they want to do a demo, whatever it is you're offering. And I know one of the big questions is, is, well, how often should I follow up? I remember a guy at a at a you know dealership telling me that his process was he got a lead, he'd call him on the first day once, he'd call him on the second day once, and he'd call him on the third day once. If he didn't hear back from them, he would just kill the lead and move on. Um, and he was wrong because those leads, we, we actually took some of them and tested it out and got, got appointments, got sales from just following up a little bit longer. Now, of course, there's a point of diminishing return somewhere around the 11 or 12th follow-up. You'll find that, yeah, you, you're, you're probably just wasting your time. So if you've got a person manually doing that follow-up, probably not worth it so much to have somebody kind of doing this every day. Um, but, you know, if it's, if it's a high enough ticket price, Perhaps it, perhaps it is, but usually in that case, it makes sense to put in more into like an automated nurture sequence that can be sent from a, a CRM or an autoresponder or something automatically and just send them follow-ups once a month or something like that. But it really is worth having somebody do up to 11 or 12 follow-ups by hand, whether that's phone calls, text messages, emails, LinkedIn messages, uh, Facebook messages. Uh, and don't be afraid to use all of the above 
find out where they're where they hang out and message them that way. If somebody never answers your call but they respond to every text message, then you should just be texting them and vice versa. If they don't ever respond to your text, but every time you email them, they get back to you, then, then do that. But initially, when you're trying to figure out which way that is, don't be afraid to use everything at your disposal to get in touch with them. And I would highly, highly, highly recommend having a CRM in place. And I know CRMs can seem very tricky and complicated and with a very high learning curve. And fairly, a, a lot of those things are true about CRMs. They can be pretty complicated. But as you build up a, a pipeline of prospects, it's really hard to keep track of everything in your head, right? If you're a new salesperson and you're a week or two on the job, you could probably remember all of your prospects by name and keep that in your head. Fast forward another two weeks and things are probably starting to get a little fuzzy and three months in, there's no chance you're remembering who everybody is unless you've got a system for keeping notes and just keeping track of who everybody is. Now there's old school systems, right? You talk about people who've got Rolodexes and notepads and note cards and all those things to keep track of them. But uh, I mean, this is this is 2020 when I'm recording this. Online CRM systems are are absolutely going to be uh, the best way to do it. There's just so much so much easier to do. But you know what? Do what works for you. Um, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I'm just here to tell you, you know, whatever whatever works, but I'd highly recommend putting putting everybody into a CRM. Finally, let's talk about what's going to happen after the meeting if somebody doesn't close. So you do your presentation, you do your demo with them, you ask for the sale, and they don't say yes, and they don't say no. So this could be one of those long you know, conversations about closing and techniques and how to get a yes or a no. But we're gonna save that uh, for a different time. We'll bring in an expert on that as I'm probably not the best person to talk about closing. Honestly, I do it more intuitively than anything. So I, I can't really explain my technique for doing it. And I know there's some other great people out there. So we'll get an expert on there on the actual closing. But let's say you did your best to close them, but nonetheless, you didn't get a yes and you didn't get a no. You gotta send me some information. Uh, let's talk next week. I need to speak to blank. Can we follow up? Hey, I'm interested in this, but I need to do blank and blank first and so on and so forth. So I know for some people they say, oh, I don't have anybody to keep following up with after a meeting because I, I, they either buy or they die. Um, and I remember this a lot, especially back in the dealership world, where this was like the, the, the mod modus operandi of a sales manager, where they're either buying today or they're, or they're not going to buy. And I'll just go sit in front of them until they either tell me yes or no. But I'll tell you, I worked with a, I had a colleague back then in the, in the dealership world. And you know what he would, he would say, and despite the fact that the sales managers didn't really like it, but uh, keep in mind, he was also there on average, the top guy in an, in the dealership in any given month. And he would say, you know, I'd love to sell this car today, but I need sales next month too. So it's okay. So, right. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things you can do for urgency, but by taking that approach of not, uh, not making it so that their only option is yes or no, 
he did get people to come back to him because they respected and felt like they respected him and felt like he was respecting their boundaries and their feelings as well. So when we get back to the B2B space, well, it becomes even critically more. So again, remember, this is, this is usually about long-term relationships. You're looking for long-term engagements with people, something where month after month, they're going to be working with you. So let's talk about how to follow up after a meeting. It's one of my favorite things to do is I send a thank you card. Handwritten, I'll actually write it out, put it in the mail, and... As long as, as as long as I know that the decision isn't likely coming tomorrow, and in, in my case, a lot of cases, it, it's not. It's, it's several days out. It might be next week. It might be two or three weeks from now. So especially in those cases, I like to take that personal touch of sending out something tangible that they can hold, just something that literally probably takes me 60 seconds to write out by hand and maybe another 60 seconds to address. But you'd be amazed how that little little gesture makes a really big difference because I'll tell you, you start doing that, nobody else does this. I can't even tell you the last time. Heck, I, I can't tell you the last time I got a thank you letter for becoming a customer of a place. So by doing this little little gesture, you're going to stand out. So maybe, maybe they would have forgotten about you. Maybe they would have forgotten about your demo. And probably if they get your letter five days later, they probably already have it out of mind unless they're basically just waiting on one other thing and they're ready to go. But this makes all the difference and really shows that you are different. You stand out. You are a cut above everybody else. You're a, you're a true professional just because you sent that. But what else do you do to follow up? Well, first of all, find out when the decision is likely to come. Right, if somebody tells you, well, you know, next quarter sometime, you know, they're probably not that interested. So it's okay to ask them, you know, hey, um, if I don't hear from you, when when should I check back in? Right, you, you do want to get some time frames on this type of thing. I, I love to ask somebody who says, you know, let me, you know, I think I, I, this all sounds good. I think we want to do this. You know, I need to check with my partner on this. And I'll ask him, great. Uh, do you plan on talking to your partner over the weekend or is this a, a you know, two or three weeks in the future type of thing? And they'll say, oh, no, no, I, I have a meeting with him scheduled on Thursday. Um, you know, I, I'll let you know by Friday. And I'll, I'll ask him, great, if I don't hear from you on Friday, so do you mind if I follow up again on Friday afternoon or on Monday? And I know if you're, if you're not in sales, that seems really forward. But I'll tell you, this is, this is something that you should just, make a habit because you know what you know what they're going to say they're going to say yeah of course um I'm, i almost never get a no just asking somebody that question again it just demonstrates that you're a professional and essentially you're just saying hey you know i know you might get busy and you might you know not uh, not check back with me and basically this if they do say no you know that that entire thing was just to blow you off so you know you can get a if you can get a no from them when it saves you a whole lot of follow-up, it's worth getting. But let's talk about the follow-up after this process. So I will follow up with somebody who says, you know, okay, I'll follow up when we've agreed to. And you know what? A lot of times I don't hear back. I know, I know, shocking, right? Somebody says, hey, you know, we're thinking about it. 
can you follow up at this time? And you know, they, they weren't, they weren't ready that day. They're not ready in the day they'd said so. So what do you do? Well, I, I generally like to, especially that first month, I'll, I'll continue to reach out to them every week and then maybe every other week. And then maybe once a month, I'll check back in. And you know, after three to six months, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll just send them a quick one liner. Hey, how is everything going? Uh, I'll either look them up on, on LinkedIn. I'll just shoot them a quick message, but it's, it's interesting. I used to essentially, anytime I needed a client, I would go back into my Facebook messenger because I had a lot of prospects in there at one point and I would just reach out and say hi to everybody. Hey, how are things going? And just figure out, see how everything's, you know, how's business these days. And, you know, people would reply back. Oh, yep. Thanks for, thanks for checking in. Nope. We're good. We're good. But if I sent out 15, 20 messages like that, usually one person would respond back without me prompting them, oh, hey, you know what? We are in the market for, you know, prospecting services, which was what I was selling. Um, can we talk? So even long dead leads, if they didn't say no and they didn't respond and they just kind of fell off the face of the earth, you can just rekindle them by just reaching out six months, nine months down the road and, and starting that conversation back up. Even if you followed up with them again, several times, you know, that, that first time, that first week after they've responded. Uh, and maybe like I said, once a week after that, but you know, follow up gets slower and slower as you go along. And it, you don't, you don't, it's not rocket science about what you say. You can just, you know, check back. You can just say things like checking back in with you. Just want to see if you made a decision yet. You can feel free to send, you know, case studies and results like that. Uh, but even just, just having a conversation, just, just talking to somebody, goes a long, long way. Doing something when it comes to follow-up is better than doing nothing. So if you don't know what to say, just reach out and say, hello, how are things going? Maybe not the finest, most you know, brilliant message ever, but if it starts the conversation up again, it's worth it. So that's my take on, on following up. It's, it's one of the most critically important things for any sales pipeline because not everybody is gung-ho, ready to go right away today. They might not respond to your advertising right away, but if or your messaging, your outreach right away, but if you keep messaging them, the timing might be right. They might, you know, have said, hey, yeah, I'm interested, let's talk, but, you know, they, life gets in the way, they get busy, you know, their kid breaks their arm and they go to the emergency room and they, they ghost you for the next three weeks and then all of a sudden they're back they're back and they say oh yep sorry about that you know had some family issues but yeah I'm ready to talk now by following up you're you're there again when when they're ready if you didn't follow up and you assumed oh I called them for three days and they didn't answer apparently these people are are terrible that person's gonna buy from somebody else and then finally after the meeting if they're if they don't say yes or no continuing to just drip on them. Remember, send thank you notes after your meetings. It's going to help you stand out, especially if they're not ready to make a decision right away. Knowing that you're the kind of the professional that does that type of thing, it's going to help you win those, win those types of deals. So there you have it. Some tips on following up. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's episode. And you know what? I'll see you on the next one. I'm looking forward to it. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Pipelineology podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.